Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. I'm really excited to share with you my past client and friend, Labrini, here to talk today about um, her nutrition business, her niche, and how she pivoted her niche very recently. We're really going to dig into everything about her niche. We're also going to talk about some of the favorite um, programs and platforms she uses in her business and try to talk through um, just kind of like a day in the life of her business and what it looks like. Um, So really excited to have her here today and talk more about her business. But before we get started, let me just talk and let you know a little bit more about her. So Labrini from Labrini Nutrition is a registered associate nutritionist with a balanced and holistic approach to nutrition. She helps those struggling with restrictive eating and unstable health develop balanced dietary patterns that not only build physical health, but mental health and well-being too. Combining her knowledge for nutrition with behavior change practices, Labrini empowers others to develop a diet and lifestyle that truly nourishes their body, always with flexibility in mind. Labrini grew up in Australia to a Greek family, but has since been lucky enough to live abroad in Hong Kong, where she previously worked in the creative industry and now in New York. With an appreciation for multiculturalism, she remains close to her Mediterranean roots, a lifestyle and diet concept that is now the center of her work, which I am really excited to talk more about. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. It's so great to see you and to catch up with you again. It's been a hot minute. It has. I know it's always nice when, uh, you know, somebody that I've been working with previously, we can do these podcasts and, you know, it's me learning about what your business looks like today, which I'm sure is a little bit different from what it looked like when we first started working together. So before we get into all of that, which I I have to tell you, I am really excited because we haven't had a proper catch up in a while. So I feel like I'm learning uh, about your kind of new pivot in your business along with everyone else. But um, before we get there, can you just tell everyone like what even brought you to study nutrition to begin with? Yeah, I mean, I think I have a pretty unconventional story of starting nutrition. I think a lot of people, at least a lot of my peers started out in nutrition because they were either experiencing some sort of really difficult health problem. And that was kind of the catalyst to start nutrition. Whereas with me, I had always actually been interested in health and nutrition from high school. Um, It just so happened that I was really strong in the arts and design. And it was just a natural progression for me to, to go into that area. Um, so I'd always really wanted to study nutrition, (laughs) but it wasn't really until after I'd sort of lived in Hong Kong and had worked in, um, the fashion industry doing creative work. Um, and that job that I was in kind of came to an end that I really sort of took a step back and looked at what I wanted to be doing in the future. Um, and I just didn't really see myself loving fashion the way that I used to um, long term and I think it was sort of at that point where I'm like okay I'm a little bit older now (laughs) like you know I'm an adult I'm not sort of a kid anymore I can't just sort of put these things off and I kind of just took the leap to go back and study Um, 
And yeah, I guess that's sort of how it happened. I'd always been interested in it. Nutrition had always been really important to me. Like you sort of mentioned at at the introduction there, I grew up in a really big Greek family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was always surrounded by food and that way of eating and living and sharing food was always a really big part of, um, of my growing up. So yeah, I think it was sort of just always having wanted to do that. And then on the flip side, working in the fashion industry, I used to work a lot with models. I used to book models for photo shoots and things like that. I saw a really, really unhealthy part of the industry. And that was sort of permeating throughout the industry with my peers and with the models. And I just, you know, it it started to rub off on me as well. And I just sort of thought this is not you know, this isn't this isn't what I want to be behind. I don't want to be sort of contributing to this more. I want to do something that's, um, you know, I guess a little bit more meaningful than that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up going to study nutrition at the time. I think I was in my late late twenties, just like you know, heading into my thirties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, the, it, I was actually thinking about it for a really really long time before I took the plunge. <laughs> and was it scary to almost like go from what you? I'd assume was like your trajectory of like career, fashion, like that, that, um, like life, like you're kind of building something and then almost to be like pivot, like you said, late twenties, do something completely new. Like, was that scary for you or were you quite like, no, this needs to happen. And you felt excited. Yeah, it was scary. I think from the time that my last job had ended, the last fashion job that I was in had ended, it probably took me about six to eight months to even look at applying to schools because I was still applying for jobs in the industry that I had come from. And I had this added layer of being an expat and my visa and ability to stay and to live in the country that I was in was based off having a job. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of those sorts, and, you know, living overseas, you don't really have a lot of backups in terms of, you know, once you run out of money, (laughs) you kind of have to go back. Yeah, you have to go back. So I did have a lot of, um, I guess, internal struggle. I think the thing that helped me make that decision in the end is that I was with a really supportive partner at the time who was happy to support me in whatever I needed to do. I had some savings. My family and all of my friends were really supportive. And, you know, at the time there was a workaround with my visa that I was able to, it wasn't easy but there was a workaround that um, would still allow me to be able to study. Um, so, yeah, but it it was, it was really scary. It took a really long time. And in fact, I had, you know, real insecurities about being an adult student who had come from a creative and fashion background. I mean, if I'm honest with you, I dropped my math and science subjects when I was in high school before I graduated high school because I wasn't strong in those subjects. Um And I was really strong in the arts and design. So thinking about going into a science degree without any of that background experience was like, it was really daunting. Um, Having said that, I think because it was such a big decision, I took it really, really seriously. And I worked really, really hard because I knew that like failure wasn't really an option. (laughs) So, yeah. So then... In school, were you quite clear that like when I graduate, I I have to or I want to start a nutrition business like right out the gates? I know that, you know, uh, my partner, you know, has supported me and I, I want to start supporting myself. Maybe that if that was kind of the narrative there or, you know, my family's counting on me doing this. Like, did you kind of almost feel this pressure to get started right away or um, was it almost like an internal like, OK, I, I want to do this and let's give it a go? 
I think it was a bit of both. I've always been a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always worked in startup or in freelance. I don't really have that um, structured kind of corporate background or industry background like that. So I think it's sort of what suits me. And on the flip side, being an expat and knowing also, you know, in between my studies um, before I graduated, we moved to New York as well. And that came with a whole other host of difficulties with visa and work and all of those sorts of things. Um, and the work around that, again, was to work for myself, um, have a business that's essentially um, registered in Australia and make that virtual so that I could work wherever I was and to have the flexibility if we move around, which, you know, uh, for context, my partner's from England, he's, he's British and I'm Australian. So we're always going to need to have flexibility one way or the other. Um, mm. He doesn't have that in his job, whereas I had the opportunity to. So, yeah, I think it was always just on the cards that I would, you know, have some sort of a business for myself and to work for myself in some capacity. I think anybody that knows me knows that I probably would do that anyway, yeah. just because <laughs> it's sort of my personality. So, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And so can you kind of just like share the timeline of like graduating from nutrition school and Mm -hmm. then like starting your business? Like, did you kind of jump right in and get started on your own? Did you reach out for support? Like what did that first like timeline look like for you? Yeah, I kind of jumped straight in because actually something I didn't mention, I did a health coaching certification um, that bridged between my last uh, job in fashion and my degree I sort of started that as a bit of a I was starting to get bored in that job so I took on a health coaching certification just to do on the side so I had actually gained my health coaching certification before I started my um, nutrition degree and I was sort of dabbling in that and created just sort of like a very small business out of that and got some great experience from that so I didn't feel like I was a hundred percent fresh when I graduated um I already sort of knew how things kind of worked in terms of putting together a package and onboarding and, you know, how to run a session and all of those sorts of things. So I jumped straight in. I was really keen. And I think Mm -hmm. I even, when we did our, you know, first call together, I just told you, I just don't want to sit around and wait, like I'm ready to go, you know, like (laughs) I was really, really ready to go. Um, so yeah, I, I graduated and I had sort of, um, just jumped straight in. I, had started at Instagram that wasn't, you know, I, to be fair, and this is something that I, if anybody ever does ask me advice, mm-hmm. <laughs> start before you're ready. I'm mm-hmm. a perfectionist and it took me a really long time to put myself out there in terms of building up my Instagram um, as just a really small starting point. So I, I kind of wish I had done that earlier. But to be honest, I think like once I graduated, I was like, no, it's all in, like it's time to, like it's go time. <laughs> Like, this is what I'm doing. I have to kind of like, yeah, jump with yeah. in with two feet. So did you um, like get a website started? You, you mentioned a design background. So like, did you do that all yourself? Did you get an email list going? Like, how did all of that come to be? Yep, I did everything myself. Uh, and I will say I recognize that I have a bit of an advantage there because I've come from a creative background using web design, photography, um, you know, even copywriting to a certain extent, all of that sort of stuff comes really naturally to me. And I had experience with that. So um, I took all of that on myself. And I think when I first came to you, I already had a website, um, like a fully formed website. Mm -hmm. Yes, we worked on the copy, but it was a fully formed website. I had my Instagram up and running. I'd started recipe development. Um, Mm -hmm. My blog was up and running. 
So all of those sorts of things I did myself and I did them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of part of my process of as soon as I had finished my last exams, um, I, I just switched and started doing that. You know, I took off, I think it was three or four weeks and then just jumped straight in. Yeah. 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 And I love that you share this. I actually, before we started recording, I was recording with another one of my past clients and her startup was very different than yours. Cause you know, she had no idea where to start and she felt very stuck mm. and overwhelmed. And, and it just kind of goes to show like, everybody's so different, you know, there's not one path that's going to work, right? Like you might have more of that skill of like jumping in, trying things out, the design background, like doing it yourself, where some people have no idea and need to hire everything out. So do you feel like you almost had an advantage, like in the first, I guess, like year of your business, like having all of those skills where you didn't have to hire everything out? Yeah, look, in terms of saving money, absolutely. If you don't have to hire out, then that's, you know, when you're a small business and you're not making money yet, then that's, you know, money that you can put somewhere else. Um, I will say for me, and you know this about me as well, is I'm a perfectionist when it comes to visual things, because that's the background that I've come from. And that was important in my last job. Whereas that's not so important in the nutrition and health space, but I've had a really and still struggle with this all the time. I have a hard time letting go of that. And I think in a way, having that um, design and visual experience um, has held me back in certain areas too, because I'm hesitant to sort of just put things out there when they're not perfect, or I spend a lot of time on the visual things that are not as important really as the rest. So I think for anybody, my advice, I guess, for anybody that's coming into it and thinking, oh, you know, gosh, I don't have that experience. I don't have those skill set. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Like there are so many examples of people that absolutely do not have those skills. And there's so many resources that you can either learn that or that you can hire out that are really actually not that expensive. Um, for me, I do think it was like, it was nice to be able to not have to worry about that. It was something that I was just like, okay, I don't need to worry about that. I can focus on something else instead, but it's not a make or break by any, by any means, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just knowing yourself well enough to know like, okay, is this going to take me, you know, like a hundred hours to do and would it make more sense? Like, even if I don't have the funds, like to hire someone, you know, to save the time, you know, or is this something I can do? Is this in my wheelhouse? And it sounds like you almost like really owned what you could do and then knew where you might need support with some of the other pieces. Yeah, that's right. And I think like, that's why when I came to you, I had a lot of that stuff done because I was like, I know that I can do this. I can get that ticked off the list. And then I can put that investment into hiring a coach, for instance, to help with the things that I'm not great at that, to be honest, maybe objectively other people are great at. Like I really needed help in um, building out my program in actually talking about, I think the biggest thing that I learned working from you was actually selling, like talking about an offer that I have and becoming verbal about that and getting comfortable and being verbal about that because I wasn't doing any of that when my when I was doing health coaching and things I never really spoke about you know being able to work with me which Mm. objectively seems like such an obvious thing (laughs) but I think that's a really perfect demonstration when you're so tied up in one side of the business you know I was so strong in the visual that that other stuff didn't come naturally to me so that's where I've decided to invest in right And did some of those first few health coaching clients, like, were they friends and family or were they people you knew in your network? They, it was a combination. So part of my certification was to actually do pro bono work so that I could get my hours in. Um, One or two of those led onto a sort of like a referral 
And then um, one client that had worked with me while I was doing health coaching was my first client to work with me when I launched my nutrition biz mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, you know, that I think started me off on a really good foot because it gave me the confidence to sort of have somebody in straight away. Yeah. Um, but it sort of just goes to show that, you know, those leads are really, really important. I think especially when you're starting a business out as well, because those first few ones in the door are really objectively really hard to get so yeah yeah, Yeah. I think you draw on whatever you have so yeah the first ones were either just friends of friends or you know um yeah it was kind it was word of mouth if I'm honest with you those first clients yeah Yeah, it's almost like built in where those are going to be the first people that come to you but I think that's almost a perfect example of why maybe you struggled a bit more with like sales and talking about what you did because you didn't have to a lot of that was happening for you or naturally and then it's almost like all of that warm or hot market of people that are there ready to work with you are gone and then you're starting from scratch again so did you almost find yourself in this position where you're like wow like you you cycled through whoever you could and now you have to start again yeah, definitely. And because I moved completely across the world during that time. So those leads that I had um, while well, I was health coaching were in a completely different country and different time zone and, you know, completely different environment than where I ended up actually starting um, my nutrition business. So it was, yeah, it was pretty daunting. And I kind of, I knew, <laughs> I knew as soon as I graduated and I got everything set up, I just sat and I thought, okay, it's going to be really hard to get clients because not only am I in a country now where I'm competing with a lot of other people, I have a different background. I don't have the same sort of, um, I guess, story that a lot of other nutritionists and health coaches and things have that they use quite a lot in marketing. Um, so I just knew that that's where I kind of wanted to channel my, I guess, investment to begin with. Yeah. So that's actually a perfect segue into like talking about your niche now, because yeah. I feel like, well, you started off in one spot and now like very recently you've pivoted to a kind of like an offshoot of the original niche. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of that I think has to do with like your, and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but like your background in in Mediterranean eating and like maybe balanced eating and having, you know, I'm assuming like a family that instilled that into you and having that kind of like base foundation um, where a lot of us don't have that. So did you find that because you didn't have like this big like health history or health story that you, you did have this baseline like nutrition fundamentals down that other people didn't have. And that was kind of what set you out in this industry, set you apart. Yeah, I think so. And I think we had a lot of conversations about this because when I came to you, and and I think that depending on where your listener is listening from, where you train and where you learn nutrition in the world can be completely different from somewhere else. And in Australia, um, your nutrition degree tends to be focused more on public health and more on generalist nutrition. And then you would go and either follow up in dietetics or do clinical nutrition or whatever it might be. I've always been really passionate about preventative nutrition and public health and that aspect of nutrition rather than working with somebody while they're already sick. Um, That's just my passion. That's the take that I have on the way that I do my own nutrition as well. And the Mediterranean diet lends itself so well to that. Like, yes, it's definitely used to heal, you know, once you're already unwell, but it's a really, really great preventative um, way of eating and living. And that is 
what I know. You know, I came from a family where this was just the norm. Um, and I will say once I moved away from my family, I moved further and further away from that way of eating and living. And then when I did, I mean, I'm not saying that I've never struggled with my own things. I did start to, start to struggle with my own health and well-being in certain areas and things started to kind of compound. And I realized that it's, you know, those were the times that I had moved further away from the Mediterranean diet and the things that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came to you, I think the Mediterranean diet was always one of the pillars that I had in my nutrition practice. And I started out um, until recently, I was identifying as a balanced eating nutritionist. Um, but what I sort of realized over the time and after I had a few people in my my program was that actually what I'm teaching is the Mediterranean diet. I'm just sort of shying away from being really obvious about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, you know, for all of the reasons that everybody is initially afraid to niche down is because you don't want to um, – you don't want to exclude people mm-hmm. and you don't want to, you know, say you don't want to scare people away from working with you because they may think, well, actually that's not for me. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's not the kind of nutrition that I want to follow. But I I did realize that after I'd had those first initial clients through my program and I recently took time off um, for my wedding, which was in Greece. And I saw my family in Greece and how everybody just came alive there and how different, you know, we all were in that environment, that it kind of really inspired me to sort of just be a little bit more true to myself and just say, no, this is this is what I'm passionate about. You know, this is the kind of nutrition that I'm good at. This is what I practice myself. This is what I know really well. Um, the science is there as well. You know, mm-hmm. like we know that the Mediterranean diet is one of the best objectively for optimal health. So it kind of, everything kind of just fell back, back in place. And the reality is when I came to to actually niche down, I didn't actually have to change that much (laughs) because I was already practicing, you know, those sorts of principles and it was kind of the cornerstone of the type of nutrition that I was practicing anyway. So, yeah. So instead of it being like a balanced eating nutritionist that teaches Mediterranean diet, it's like Mediterranean diet nutritionist that teaches balanced eating, that teaches like how to build a plate that teaches, you know, all of these like lifestyle and concepts that kind of fall under that Mediterranean style of living. Is that like more how you're kind of like pivoting the practice? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really talk about the Mediterranean diet before. I just used the principles and didn't, you know, didn't label them. Right. Like I would, my, my signature program back to balance is about teaching people how to create, um, you know, balanced habits and all of those balanced habits that I were teaching were ripped from the Mediterranean diet. I just didn't call it that. Yeah. So when I came to actually change um, my niche, I didn't change my my program at all. Mm-hmm. I just changed some of the copy and some of the language around it. And then for everything else, I just lent into, I just leaned into really like talking about the Mediterranean diet for what it is. And I did just, I, honestly, a lot of people freak out about niching, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they have to give this whole explanation and like, what if I lose followers and all this sort of thing. I sort of just slowly started to talk a little bit more about the Mediterranean diet and it flowed really well from my trip from Greece because I was posting a lot about the food and the lifestyle there anyway, because I was traveling there. Um, and then I just wrote a nice email explaining to everybody that I'm you know, going to be talking a lot more about the Mediterranean diet. And this is what I'm really passionate about, but don't worry. It's actually not changing my philosophy on nutrition at all. I posted a little reel and that was kind of it. 
you know, I went in and I changed a few things on my website in terms of the copy. Um, And yeah, I didn't really want to make a big deal out of it because I didn't want it to be like, oh, all of a sudden you're talking about all these new things. Whereas, you know, ultimately I was still talking about the same things. They were just labeled in a different way. Yeah. And I love that you shared that because I think yeah, people make such a big deal over this and they like obsess over how am I going to say it and how am I going to do this? And it might be six months, a year. Like it takes people so much time to figure out the logistics of like how to pivot or how to make that change. And I love that you just went for it because you, well, number one, feel very strongly about this and it feels, I'm assuming more aligned to where you want to go with your business. And then number two, you're like, you know, this is so close. It's all the same information. I just need to you know, pivot the way I'm talking about this. And I think it's just like, just a great example of just like jumping with two feet in and, and, and seeing where it's going to take you. Right. Like who knows if this will be the pivot forever, maybe it will evolve from. Right. Here. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think like it's possible that I may pivot again or niche down even further, you know, like at the moment I still work with everyone. Um, the issues that I solve, I sort of talk about working with um, improving your moods and your energy and, um, working to improve food cravings and reaching your healthy, happy weight. You know, eventually I may niche that down to a specific area or I may decide I only really want to work with a certain kind of person. So I think that's the thing, like it's an evolution. And that's one of the best things about having your own business is that you can do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you don't you don't have somebody else that you're answering to. Really, it's what feels right for you because ultimately it's your business. And we spend so much time in our business, that it it should be something that you're passionate about at the time and that you think is going to, you know, sustain you for the future as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ready to start your nutrition business, but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. So now with this pivot, um, you had mentioned like updating some of the copy on your website. I think I also saw that you kind of like shifted your freebie that you were doing because I Correct me if I'm wrong, but was it like more of a balanced eating freebie? And now is it all about Mediterranean diet or how did you make changes there? Yeah, I wanted something that was just very obviously, you're going to get something that's really um, informative about the Mediterranean diet in this freebie. For anybody who comes to my website or, you know, however they land on the on the freebie page, um, they want to know what I'm doing. You know, they mm-hmm. want to know the kind of nutrition I am practicing. My freebie before was about um, reaching your happy weight. Oh, yes. We're using like different um, techniques actually that I use in my signature program. And I sort of picked out a few things that are, you know, small actionable steps that people could use. That freebie did really well. Um, but I think uh, objectively what I wanted from the new freebie was something that people could just get a really good overall picture of what they may um, be doing when they work with me. Mm. And I think the previous freebie was 
complicated in a sense. And I think a lot of those things may have needed additional help. Whereas what I've given in the new freebie is just, you know, small little things that people can do to get started already themselves. And if they do then like it, you know, if they like implementing some of those habits themselves, then that's, you know, a good jumping off point for us to work together. So the new freebie really is centered around, um, it teaches just the basic principles of the Mediterranean diet, a shopping list, um, a meal planning template, and, you know, the way that I sort of structure my meal planning throughout the week so that they can, you know, stop practicing those, those habits. Mm, I love that. And really that's what it should be a quick win for people where they can like use it. It's a quick win. Yeah. Yeah. Find that it's useful. It's helpful. Wow. If this is something she's given for free, what would this be like to work with her and develop kind of some of these, you know, habits and things a little bit further. So I love that, you know, it sounds maybe past Labrini would have thought more about this, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and like sat on it for a little bit more, but it sounds like you were able to like execute it really quickly. So is it, do you know why you were able, was it because you were just so much more excited about the new kind of direction of the business? Um, yeah, it's funny. I actually did execute it really quickly. I think it took me like a day and a half to put it together. Um, it's information that I had inside and I didn't labor. This is you know, and you should be proud of me actually, because I didn't labor so much over the visual aspect as I did in the previous ones. And also I was using content that I had used elsewhere. So I had some recipes that I hadn't yet posted on my blog that I decided, well, I'm not going to post on my blog. I'm going to keep it for the freebie. Um, And I actually reused some template um, pieces from old, you know, resources and things that I kind of just updated. So I had that information at the front of my mind And I sort of just didn't labor too much and think about it too much and just thought, you know what, if somebody's coming to my website and they're curious about the Mediterranean diet, where would, where would you point them to start? And these are the few things I would give them. And that's kind of, yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. I am proud of you because I know (laughs) that takes a lot. And you know, not that that's a downfall. It's just each one of us has something that's going to take up the majority of our time or focus. Um, You know, if it's design or if it's like the details or even just like tech, like a lot of people don't understand how to use some of the online programs like Canva and that could take them a really long time. So each one of us is going to have something that kind of holds us back. So to kind of figure out what that is, which you have and be able to like kind of push yourself through it. Yeah. Super proud of that. And you should be a, of yourself as well, because I think your your business is just going to grow the more you can kind of like pull back on these things that are stopping you from making progress. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'd love for you to share maybe some of the programs you use in your business. You mentioned like meal planning templates, like are you using a meal planning platform or what are you, um, how are you like scheduling clients in? What are, what are those programs and platforms you're using to organize your business? Yep. So the things that I use regularly are um, practice better for the client management. Um, I find that to be just a game changer because like I said, when I was health coaching, I didn't have a big, like I, I didn't really invest in that business in building out any systems or anything. So I had patched together like a lot of different things. I was using, I think, Skype and then Calendly and all, you know, I patched together everything to sort of, and I think it was, you know, some sort of form builder. Um, Whereas when I started this business, I definitely wanted to just have all of the client management under one roof. So practice better, I find to be really good for that. Um, My website is Squarespace. Again, I find that it's really easy to use. You can customize. I also really like the visual aspect of it. You know, I think they have really nice templates to start off with. Um, My 
content creation, like Instagram content and things, I use Canva. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I have experience with Photoshop and Adobe, I still use Canva just because it's really easy, (laughs) you know, and you can just keep everything there. Um, What else do I use? Flowdesk for my my email um, building, which was a recommendation from you actually. And it works really, really well. It works really well with Squarespace, which is, I think, the main thing because you end up using your website and your email system together quite a lot. Um, And I think you were able to like have, because they're different programs, you were able to kind of almost look, make it look like the same branding. So, you know, an opt-in page for Flowdesk, you can make it look almost like an extension of the website, even though it's from a completely different program. So for you, you know, having that consistency of branding and stylistic and, you know, and and is a really great, um, makes the business, you know, feel more professional, feel more in flow. You were able to carry that through from program to program. And honestly, that's also why I love Flowdesk because I found with some other platforms, they don't have a lot of templates or the templates are, you know, not going to look like your business where I think Flowdesk, you can almost customize things to look and and feel like your branding. Um, So I'm glad that that was able to work really well for you. Yeah. Flowdesk in particular, I mean, you can import your brand colors. There's a lot of different font options, um, but it's also just really easy and simple. I think with a lot of these kind of backend programs, you know, no matter what they're for, you can, there's a sliding scale where they go from almost too simple that you don't have enough control or they're so complicated that it's overwhelming. I think I've settled on ones that are kind of in between where you have enough control that you can customize for what you need, but there isn't so many options and so much information that it becomes overwhelming and it takes more time than it should to learn and to use. So I think all of the programs I'm using at the moment, they work really well together, um, but also they take they take jobs off my hands, which mm-hmm. is ultimately what you're paying for, right? Like that's yeah. that's important because you want to put time into doing things that only you can do versus things that, you know, a program should be doing for you. So, yes. And how do you wrap your head around the investment on those programs? Because let's say, I'm not sure which level of practice better you're using, but I know um, the, I think starter paid one is around $25 a month, you know, something that I always like to tell people is, you know, if you were hiring someone to do your scheduling or your payments, you're probably paying $25 (laughs) an hour for that person, maybe at minimum. So do you kind of see it in the same way where like you're paying to use this robust program that's saving you so much time and money or yeah, how do you see that investment? The way that I see it is that um, I think you, any business is going to have costs you know, you're either going to be paying for insurance or brick and mortar or product or whatever it is. I actually think running a virtual business, an online business, your costs actually less than a lot of other formats. So if I was a nutritionist who had, um, you know, a physical office that I worked out of or a clinic, I would be paying for, you know, the rent on that. I could possibly be paying for the receptionist. I could be paying for the electricity for all of these, you know, things that I would have to have. So I kind of just accept it as this is how much this is going to cost. Um, Can I afford it? You know, Mm -hmm. and I think the way that I sort of rationalize it is I work out how many clients is going to cost to cover, to cover those programs. And, you know, either I'm willing to accept it or I'm not. (laughs) 
yeah. it's kind of as simple as that, you know, like you, there's certain things that you kind of have to have to function professionally and to function well. And if you decide you can't afford it, that's okay as well. There's other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a certain point where you have to level up and you have to invest in your business. And I think, you know, and a perfect example of that was coaching with you. I recognize that that was an investment in my business. Um, using programs is an investment in my business, doing continued education, that's also an investment in my business. And those sorts of things are like, well, that's just the cost of having a business, you know? So, yeah. Do you have any like um, tips or parameters around like how you choose what you're going to invest in? Like, do you have a set of like things that you look for? Like, okay, it needs to, yeah, win me back some time or it needs to be with someone who has that experience or are there things that you kind of look for when making that investment? Um, I'm kind of a gut feeling person. (laughs) I'm possibly not as structured as I should be for somebody who's trying to run their own business with those sorts of decisions. But I think I have, I have an education fund because the, um, I mean, again, this sort of depends on which country you're from or where you're registered, but at least my registration is based in Australia. I have to do a certain amount of continued education to maintain my registration. So I've put a certain amount of money aside for continued education. Everything else kind of falls in around that. If I um, come across something that I feel like is going to really help or that, um, you know, I want to put money into, then I'll look at, you know, what's my budget for it. In terms of choosing like people to work with, for instance, a coach working with you, um, I looked at a few different options. I knew I wanted to work with a coach. Um, I knew that was sort of like a good investment for me. And it was more of a gut feeling. I was sort of like, okay, this is how much I can afford roughly. I'm willing to go a little bit more or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I wanted to work with somebody who I thought was the right fit for me. And I think I'm sort of like that with a lot of things in my business. And even just talking about the niche change, that mm-hmm. wasn't because I had it planned. It was more of a gut feeling like this is where I want to head at this point. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's definitely how I run my business is very gut feeling. <laughs> I've had to personally bring in more of the like analytical, like tracking metrics and being, you know, like very, um, I don't know, just like a different part of my brain, you know, to also bring in some of the important things about running a business. Do you find that those things are important to you at this point in your business? Like, do you ever look at like metrics or analytics, you know, from your website to your email list and you know, are are those important to you or do you like purely go from like that gut feeling place? No, I do look at analytics um, because I'm building my business. You know, my business is still very young. I want to learn what's working. I want to learn what's not working. Um, And, you know, your business goes through highs and lows. There's sometimes when you're having like a lot of interest and, you know, clients through the doors and there's other times that it's quiet. And I think understanding where those highs and lows come from is important. Um, I look at my website analytics quite a lot because on my website, I put a lot of time into my blog and into recipe development because that's the side of the business that I want to expand more into in my future. Um, And I've done some partnerships already with my blog. So keeping a track of those metrics is important. I don't go overboard with it. Um, I don't come from like a numbers Mm. background (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you know but I, I know what's going on there I know where I'm getting traffic from and you know what's popular and keywords and things that I should be using in my ICO um same thing with Instagram I mean that's the platform that I spend time on so I um I look at that I don't I don't labor over it though I mean I think there's a distinction between sort of knowing what's going on in your business from that side and using tidbits of information from that 
and then getting caught up in it because ultimately there's only so much that you can control on your end. And I think when you're starting a business, things are so volatile. I think everybody has it in their head. And I think I had this idea in my head that once I got past that initial phase, things would sort of, you know, just start cruising along and I would be able to control what's, you know, what's happening. Whereas your your business is influenced by so much external things Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's only really going to ever be so much that you can control from the inside. So not laboring over those things I think is important. But yeah, I mean, part of having a business is that you have to know what's going on in it. So I do, I do pay attention to those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that's ahead of so many people in the young phase of their business, not even knowing they should be looking at those things. And if that's you listening and you're not doing that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's like almost kind of getting to this place where you're like, just like you said, okay, well, this is working. I can put a little bit more attention here. Okay, this isn't working. How can I kind of find out why that's maybe not working and tweak that a little bit? And really just kind of going back to the drawing board all the time, instead of just saying this isn't working, I'm going to get rid of this thing or, you know, I'm going to throw out my business, you know, it's really just, again, going back to the drawing board and making decisions kind of like almost as like that next level entrepreneur or like the future self um, of like, okay, if I'm to grow my business, where do I need to focus my time and attention? So Mm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Last question. And I know you've kind of alluded to like not maybe being super scheduled with yourself in your business and kind of more doing things in flow, which again, I'm a fan of. Um, But what does your daily, weekly schedule look like right now? Yeah. I mean, I have, I, like you said, I don't really have like an exact schedule that I follow every day. I'm a creative. I need to be in the mindset to like do <laughs> my work. That's kind of just the way that it is. Um, but I have like certain, I guess, points of the week that I put in. So in terms of um, discovery calls, if I'm sort of doing calls with people potentially to come and work with me, I have those scheduled for Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I know that those two days are the days that I do that. Um, and I have sort of things during the day that I will always kind of work around. So for me, um, my own life balance is really important. So I always do a walk during the day. That's really important for me to get out and do a walk. And then I'll do yoga or the gym in the evening as well. So things fall into place around that. Also, what I learned really early on, because I did a lot of study um, online as well, like a lot of my degree was online and from a distance um, to build in a working day that resembles something like your partner's working day so that you can also have time with them because, you know, we all work so much. Mm -hmm. Um, So even when I was studying full time, I would study from a normal, like normal working hours. Mm -hmm. So I finish work when my partner finishes work Mm -hmm. um, and I take a lunch break, you know, and if we sort of have to take a lunch break together, that's great. But I've learned to sort of make it as, I guess, I don't want to say normal because like what is a normal job these days, but you know what I mean? To sort of have a bit more of a normal schedule so that you're not feeling like you're either constantly working or, you know, just to have some sort of a structure because when you work alone, it's actually Mm -hmm. really hard to do that. Oh yeah. I I think this is actually a great idea. I might start implementing something. I, I, I do something similar, but I very often will like not put in a proper lunch break or I'll work evenings or I'll catch up on work on the weekends if I need need to. And, you know, there's sometimes that it, that that's going to have to happen. But I think like almost looking at it like a nine to five job in that sense where it's like, OK, I'm not going to 
deny the business so much and only work on it two hours and almost make it like a hobby business, but I'm not going to work on it, you know, like 80 hours a week and burn myself out. Like you have to find a middle ground, like any job that you have, because really at the end of the day, it is a job. So to keep it fun, it's like finding that, that balance and that flow. And maybe there is some sense to the, I hate saying this, but like the 40 hour work week where, you know, it's almost like (laughs) getting a certain amount of numbers a day uh, or sorry, hours a day, and then having all of this life balance around you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know that we need to be so structured in, oh, I worked this many hours this week. But for me, some non-negotiables are that I must get out of the house because I work from my home, right? And if you don't push yourself to get out, you can potentially just spend days at home. (laughs) So I you know, I, I must take my walk during the day. And it also helps me with work, to be honest, to focus. Um, I must finish work at like a reasonable time because I like to have dinner with my partner. So, you know, I always, whatever I put on my list for the day, I want to know that I can complete that by whatever time it is, like six o'clock. And if not, then that goes on my list for the next day. You know, mm-hmm. like it just, that's how it is. Unless I'm doing something, like if I've got something that I'm working on that's really pressing and I've got a deadline that I need to do, then fine. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, also I work in the health space. I, it, it's really, and it, this happens to a lot of nutritionists and dietitians and people that work in the health space is that you're constantly giving this advice to your clients, um, and you don't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and there's only so much that you're able to help somebody else when you're not feeling well yourself. Yeah. And we all know that like life balance, um, is, is really important. So to stop burnout and stress. And I happen to be somebody, and I talk about this a lot on my Instagram, (laughs) maybe it's too much of an overshare, but I happen to be a stress reactive person. Mm. So when I get stressed or when stress builds up, my body starts to shut down in certain ways. Like I will have, you know, an eczema flare up or um, I'll get a cold or a flu or something, or, you know, my digestion will be off. So I know myself and that, being that stress reactive person, if I let that get on top of me, then I'm really not going to be able to help my clients or to put time into my business as I need to. So, um, yeah, I think I think that balance around around the work week is really important. Yeah, like knowing your health. Well, number one is an investment in yourself, but it's also an investment in your business because then you can yeah. show up and, and support your clients and and really do your life's work with you know full intention and not. Um, yeah, just feel feel really aligned with it and really good. Um, okay, I have kind of an offshoot question before we end. When you go on walks, um, because it is your like daily non-negotiable, do you usually like listen to a podcast? Do you like say no work or no, you know, distraction? And do you like take in kind of the surroundings? No right or wrong answer here. I'm actually just curious of like what you do during those walks. Yeah, my walks are my podcast time. I love listening to podcasts. I think I actually discovered you through your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I listen to podcasts and sometimes it will be depending on where I am. Like if I, sometimes I'm really overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie. Like business is overwhelming. If things aren't going to plan or I'm having a particularly like quiet lull around business, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast that sort of helps me get through that. And it's sort of like a bit of a mindset shift or like quick, you know, tips and things. There's some really great podcasts out for that. Mm-hmm. Or I'll take that as an opportunity to just say, you know what, it's, I just need a little bit of a break. And just a complete um, switch in topic. So I'll listen to probably a true crime podcast. <laughs> with you. Yeah, like a true crime or, you know, something that's completely unrelated. It just sort of depends on what I feel like. But, yeah, a walk is a really great opportunity to do that. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, everybody sort of does the music thing, but I, I think it's just a really good time to listen to a podcast. Yes, I'm with you on that. But I find more recently, I used to do all business. And more recently, I'm like, and it could be because I'm in a particularly uh, busier time in my business right now mm. as I'm redeveloping my chorus. Uh, but I just need to listen to a podcast that almost shuts my brain down and just like, it's almost like my nature sounds in a sense. I just need it there. So I can yeah. kind of like stop the chattery mind and that works really well for me. So I'm kind of glad to hear that you're also doing the same. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Um, well, this was great. It was so nice to like hear more about your pivot and the shift. And like, I just love your whole approach to your business and, you know, seeing the growth of like kind of almost where you came from, maybe more of like the perfectionist tendencies around the design and, and that piece to like really easing off and letting it flow a bit more. Um, yeah, it's just like very inspirational to watch you kind of grow as an entrepreneur and in your business. So I'm, oh, I'm really proud you. of you and I can't wait to see where it, where it takes you this whole shift to the Mediterranean diet. And, um, yeah, you'll have to keep us updated on how that, that pivot goes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's super fresh and very new. I think like I've really only pivoted in the last like two to three weeks. So I'm I'm really excited. I've already seen some hints of things taking off in certain areas and a little bit more interest in certain parts of content. So yeah, I'm really excited. But um, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really great to chat through everything. And yeah, yeah, going with you. Yeah, it's it's really nice, definitely, to always kind of hear where you know, past clients are those people that I'm like big fans of or are going and taking their business. Um, if you can share with everyone where they can find you on Instagram and um, online, that would be great. Yeah. My Instagram is labrini.nutrition, L-A-B-R-I-N-I.nutrition. And my website is Labrini Kianidis. I'm sure you can just link that in the show notes. Because I will. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to try and spell it for everyone. I've got a really long Greek name. So yeah, but you can find me on those two and um, yeah, reach and out to me. If anybody's listening that, you know, wants to know anything more about like, I'm sure you've got other people that are in this position thinking about niching and anything like that. If you want to just know anything that I haven't told you, then definitely just reach out to me. Tell me that you follow stuff and yeah. Oh, I chat. love that. Oh, that's great. Um, you might regret regret saying that because there are, I know so <laughs> many people that want support with the niching, but um, that's so that's so nice of you to offer because I do think it's like one area that a lot of people struggle with. And um, again, I just think like you've been such a good example of like, choosing something and then making some pivots and changes as you go. So I really appreciate you coming on. It was so fun to talk and, um, and yeah, we'll leave it there, but thanks again. Thanks. Definitely. Good to see you. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.